Psalm 71. Her song is going to fit perfectly with this message this morning. I uh, have wanted to preach on Psalm 71 for several weeks, and God just wouldn't let me do it. I guess he knew that she wasn't going to sing that song until today. So she says, well, yeah, sorry, you're going, to, you're going to have to be on hold. She's not singing it until, until that Sunday. So, <laughs> Hey, uh, the Lord uh, is good. Amen. And I got to stop this thing. What am I doing? All right. Very good. Psalm 71. We're going to end up reading the whole psalm eventually, but we're going to start out just with the first verse. Let's all stand together if you would. If your neighbor does not have a Bible, please allow them to look on with you. And let's read the verse together out loud in unison. We'll read it two times through. Psalm 71 and verse 1. Ready? Let's read together. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. One more time. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Let's bow for prayer. Father, it is good to be saved. It's good to be in church. It's good to have so many Christian friends that love us and care for us and pray for us. Uh, we're, we're thankful, Lord, most of all for your faithfulness and for the fact that we have a God whom we can trust. And as we look at Psalm 71 this morning, just show us very clearly and very plainly, uh, why we can trust you. Uh, Lord, you have proven yourself, and in history, you have proven yourself personally in my life and the lives of these folks over and over and over again. Yet our tendency is the first time we, we hit a speed bump in life, uh, we, we get rattled, we get thrown. Uh, Lord, uh, help us to see this morning why those uh, misgivings that we have sometimes uh, are never warranted because we have a God who we can trust. We pray, Father, that you would honor the, your word as it goes out and use it, Father, by, by your spirit to work in our hearts. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Name of, the, name of the message this morning is, Why Can You trust God. Very simple. Why can you trust God? And Psalm 71 is a psalm that, that, that just lists some reasons uh, why God is a trustworthy God. The, the writer of this psalm is nameless. And you know, sometimes David's name is on it. Sometimes Moses' name is on a psalm. There's, other, there's others whose names show up. This is a no-name no psalm. And I, I think there's a reason for that. Because, you know, sometimes we look, at, we look at some of those names of people that, you know, David was a man after God's own heart, and, and we saw how God just abundantly uh, poured out mercies upon him over and over and over again. And, and you know, sometimes I think we look at, at those things, like we're looking at David, looking at Moses, looking at Paul, looking at Peter, and we say, oh, man, I, I can't be like that. Well, the truth of the matter is you can because you're made out of the same flesh. They were made out of the same flesh that you're made out of. And, uh, and, and the truth is uh, it's not about you and me anyway. It's about God. Uh, God's the one who, who can be trusted and depended upon. 
And, and this nameless writer needed God. He needed his help. He needed his protection. He was just an average guy, evidently, just like you and me. Uh, he had enemies. He had circumstances against him. Um, he, but he desired to end well. Look down in verse 9. In verse 9 says, says, Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. And that time's coming for everybody. Some of you are there. Some of you are heading there, almost there. Some of you are a long ways off, but it's coming. And uh, his desire was, listen, when I get to that point, uh, Lord, I, I want to end strong. Look down in verse 18. He says, uh, now also when I'm old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength uh, unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. He desired to end well, to end strong. Uh, you know, uh, the Christian life is not a sprint. Uh, it's not a 50-yard dash. It is a marathon. And it's not really how well you start, it's how well you finish and uh, whether or not you finish strong. And th that was the desire that he had. He, he desired for God to be strong in his behalf and so that he could, he could show off God's strength. You read through this whole psalm, and there's, there's, no, uh, there's no pride involved in the psalm. There's no look at me involved in the psalm. It's look at my God. My God is one who's gotten me this far. He's going to continue to get me all the way. And I have a God whom I can trust. Uh, he wanted to show off his strength. He didn't want to show off his own strength. He had an obvious desire for, for God's strength and God's character to be seen through his personal life so other people could see it. And, and he had a desire for God to be manifested in his life. And, and thereby the Lord would get glorified and the Lord would get praised. Uh, he wasn't looking for any accolades for himself. He was just simply looking for his Lord to be lifted up. And that's obvious all the way through the psalm. So look with me if you would. We're going to take a look at just basically three things uh, about God that should cause you and cause me to want and have a desire to trust him. The first thing is his strength. And, 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 uh, and he, well, actually, the first thing is his resources, and one of his resources is strength. Look at verses 1 through 14. It says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my, my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness, and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me, and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast, thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my, my trust from my youth. By, by thee have I been holden up, from the womb. Uh, thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually, continually of thee. I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day long, all the day. Cast, cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not 
when my strength faileth. For mine enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God hath forsaken him, persecute and take him, for, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that, that uh, seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. Now, there's three, three resources that he mentions in these 14 verses that, that, that uh, cause us, the resources that God has that causes us to want to trust him. First of all is his strength. And he says, he says he wanted to be delivered in thy righteousness. Not in his righteousness, but in God's righteousness. And, and, and his, his prayer is, Lord, you deliver me in the way that you think is right. Now, obviously, he's going through trouble. He's, he's had problems in the past. He's got problems right now. He's got some people that are enemies that want to see him hurt. And, uh, and he says, listen, I want you to deliver me, but I want you to deliver me in your righteousness. And you know what that is? That's throwing up your hands and saying, I'm not going to tell you how to deliver me. You tell me how you want to deliver me. Uh, I'm not going to give you, Lord, the time schedule. I'll let you set out the time schedule. I'm not going to, Lord, uh, let, let, uh, uh, tell you who it is that you're going to use or what, what other resources you're going to use to do so. It's, it's up to you. It's up to your righteousness. And, and his strength can be, it can be depended upon to rescue us, to protect us. He, he asked in verse 5 um, to, to cause him to, to trust and to hope. Look down in verse 5. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. Um, we, can, we can trust God. We can trust God all the time. We want to hope in God all the time. Uh, when our expectations go to people, when our expectations go to things, when our expectations go to our timetable or our circumstances, that's when we're, we're ready to really to, to, to be disappointed because God does what he does. Now he's strong and he's strong on our behalf and he wants to be strong on our behalf, but he does so in his time and he does so in his way. And, and notice what it gives us. Uh, down in verse 6, when we trust him, it says, By thee have I been holding up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. He says he's holding up. That, that, that speaks of stability. You know, uh, I don't know about you, but when, I, when trouble's hitting me, uh, I'm not too terribly stable all the time. My, my mind wanders, my thoughts wander, uh, but God is stable, and, and God is strong and can get us through. The second resource, if you look down in verse 7, I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. What he's saying is, is that people look at him and wonder. Um, that's because God has the power to sustain you. God has the power to sustain me. 
He can get, there is, there is nothing that can come into our lives that's greater than our God. Uh, no matter what it is, uh, he, he can overcome it. Uh, and, you know, as I, was, as I was reading through particularly that verse where he says, I am, I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. I, I, I've wondered, do many people look at me and say, well, that's a wonder to me. In other words, they look at you and scratch your head. Now, they might do that for other reasons, but uh, I'm talking about the, this morning where they just look at you and say, I wonder how he makes it. I wonder how she makes it. I wonder why they act differently when trouble comes. I wonder why this last year, I, you know, honestly, you look at the, you look at the, not just the world, but you look at, at our state, even look at our area. People are still absolutely petrified of, of this COVID thing. I hope you're different. <laughs> I hope you're different. I hope you stick out. I hope your trust in God, uh, again, some of our folks have gotten it. That doesn't mean that they didn't trust God like those, like those of us who have not had it yet. You know, uh, That's not the case at all. Uh, you know, whether you get it or don't get it, are you going to trust God through the whole process? That's the bottom line. And how do you respond when that happens? Um, the world ought to be looking at you and scratching their head and saying, what in the world? Why are they so different? Because trusting God makes you stand out. Trusting God makes you unique. I mean, you think about just salvation alone. There are, there are uh, it's proposed that in this area, in the next, I don't know, couple of months or so, I guess, there's going to be four churches that are going to close their doors. Four denominational churches. Four of them are closing their doors. I hope when people look at the people at Freedom, not the buildings, but the people at Freedom Baptist Church, they say that those folks are different. I mean, you think of this, just again, in salvation alone, we're, you know, there are very few people, percentage-wise, on this earth, very few people, really percentage-wise, in this city, that if they were to die today, they'd go straight to heaven. Because it's, salvation is not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, that he saved us. And, and all the mainline denominations and all that kind of stuff say, it's works, it's works, it's works, it's works. You got to trust God, but it's works, it's works, it's works. No, it's not works. It's just trusting him. And when you trust him and him alone for, for salvation, you stick out. You are different than the rest of the world. And then when you carry that into everyday life, you really are different. And look in, look in verse 8. He says, Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all, uh, all the day. It says that, that uh, we ought to, he had a desire, and he had a desire to, to praise God all the day. It, 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 could you say that about your mouth? Could you say that about the words that come out? And, and obviously, it's not going to be all the time. It's not, not going to be every single thing that comes out of your mouth. 
Those kind of people are a little weird, okay? The ones that, uh, praise the Lord, amen, glory to God. It's good to see you. Uh, it's good to see you, Brother Corey. Uh, praise God, amen, hallelujah. Uh, that kind of stuff just drives me right up a wall. But I, I'm talking about throughout, throughout and, and I, I, have, I have literally known people that are just exactly like that. One of my first uh, experiences of meeting a, uh, a Christian outside of the church that I was going to in Green Bay, Wisconsin, when I first got to Green Bay, was that kind of guy. And uh, wow, he was different. But uh, I scratched my head in wonder, but it wasn't the same as what he's talking about here. But, uh, but, the, but the truth is, is that they ought to look at you and say, listen, they're different. you're different. Because rather than talking about all the junk that the world talks about, and I, I realize you could talk about other things, but throughout the entire day, all the day long, do you find yourself praising God? If you trust Him, you will praise Him. If you don't trust Him, like you should, then you also won't praise Him like you should. And then, then the, 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 the third resource is not only his strength and his power to, to change and sustain me and, and stabilize me, but, but his continual presence. Now I want you to notice something. Verses 9 through 13. Catch me not off in the time of old age. If you're a saved person, now he can put you on the shelf, but you're, if you're saved, you're never going to lose the presence of God. In the Old Testament, God's presence came and went with believers. Today, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is that when, when you get saved, you get spiritually circumcised, you get sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, you get placed into Jesus Christ, your body becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost, and He made a promise, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so, so you and I know that uh, if, if we're saved, we will always have the presence of God. But if you look down here, he says, cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. And, and your God's not going to do that. For mine enemies speak against me. And they that, that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God hath forsaken him persecute and take him for there's none to deliver him and that that's the the kind of attitude not so much that they wanted to persecute him but that's the kind of attitude that Job's so-called friends had when when uh, Job was going through his trouble he was he, he was going through problems he was going through difficulties and they said well God's obviously left you God's obviously forsaken you it's probably because of sin well, they didn't say probably. They said for sure. It's it's hidden sin that's in your life. Um, my God uh, will be with me forever. He has promised that he would never leave you as a believer. He's promised he he would never forsake you, and that means that his strong arm will take you through no matter what it is that you might face. Um, what is what is our responsibility? when God's strong on our behalf. Look, look down at verse 14. 14 says, But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. If your hope continues and if your trust grows, the result is going to be you will praise him more, not less. 
think about this. This 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 last this last year, uh, and I don't say that just because of COVID. I mean, just period. Over the last year, have you praised the Lord more than you had the year before, or less? The more we trust Him, the more we praise Him. And one of the indications of whether or not we're really trusting God is what's coming out of our lips. You know, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so, really, our, our lips tell us what's going on on the inside. And, and uh, uh, his, the, the praises of God ought to continually be in our mouth. We ought to praise Him more. Uh, you know, do years add praise in your life, or do years subtract praise in your life? Well, it depends upon whether or not your trust grows. And as your trust in God grows, you're going to praise Him more. So that's resources. The second, the second thing about God that should cause us to trust Him is His righteousness. Look in 15 through 19. It says, My, my mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy, thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. That, that righteousness also, O God, is very high, who hast done great things, O God, who is like unto thee. And what he, what he declares is that God is righteous. When it comes to his deeds, his responses, his thoughts, his motives, they're always pure. And they're always right. Regardless of how they may affect me, God is always right. And, and that, that concept caused the psalmist to say, listen, because I know he's always right, I may not understand what's going on in my life, but I know a basic fundamental principle. God is righteous. He does not, he does not have the capability of being wrong. He does not have the capability of making a mistake. And so therefore, I can absolutely completely trust in him no matter what happens in my life. He is always right and he is always just. Uh, verses 15 and 16 it says, my mouth shall, shall show forth uh, thy, thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. Um, it's his righteousness, not my righteousness, that should, that should give me reason to, to speak out. Um, witnessing is really nothing more than declaring to a lost and dying world that there is a righteous God 
who wants to, who has a desire and can because of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, he, he wants to impute righteousness to us. In other words, all that simply means is put to a person's account. Um, the, the day I, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior and, and uh, did not trust anything I could do and humbly came to him and said, listen, if you don't give me mercy, I'm going to die and go to hell for all eternity. Save my wretched soul. And when God did that, he, he put his righteousness to my account. When God the Father looks down at my soul, he does not see my sin. You know what he sees? He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's not my righteousness. And so when we're out witnessing, we're not, you know, People say, oh, you, you folks that go on out and, and uh, try to proselyte other people. Uh, and, you know, when you go door to door and all that kind of stuff, uh, you just think you're better than everybody else. Uh-uh. No, no. We're probably worse than most everybody else. We're a mess. But I got a God who's righteous. I got a God who's pure. I got a God who never makes a mistake. And that, listen... If, if that doesn't cause you to open your mouth, if that doesn't cause you to have a desire to witness to something, there's something wrong. There really is. Uh, there's something wrong with your gratefulness. There's something wrong with, with your understanding of all that, that God has done for us when he saved our soul. It's all about his righteousness. It's nothing about mine. And, and we, don't know the, we don't know the numbers. We don't know how many days that we have left to proclaim it. And that's why he said, he said, listen, my mouth is going to speak of your righteousness. And we should speak of his righteousness, not our own. We don't have anything to brag about. Now, sometimes we do it. But honestly, uh, if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have anything to speak about. You know, you think about this. If you get what you deserved in the next 15 minutes, you know what would happen? You'd die of an aneurysm or a heart attack or whatever, because God would take you, and you'd go to hell for all eternity. Have you spent any time this last week? I, I didn't spend as much as I should have, but I spent a few moments this last week just thinking about where I would be if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. And I don't just mean, you know, I wouldn't be pastor in the church, I wouldn't have the family I've got. All that stuff is, is wonderful. But I could be in hell already. And my sins are totally forgiven. It has nothing to do with my righteousness. It has to do with His righteousness. And because he, of his righteousness, I have something to speak about. I have something to be thankful for. And I'm going to go to heaven for all eternity because he was righteous even though I'm not. Um, you, you look in verse 17, it says, Oh God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Um, he's, he's spent your entire life thus far since the day you got saved uh, you know, giving you lessons uh, about life and lessons about Him and giving you opportunities 
to, to trust Him and to declare His righteousness. Down in verse 18, he says, Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed Thy strength unto this generation and Thy power to everyone that is to come. Uh, you know, he's, he's saying there that others need to see God's strength through Him and see God's power through Him. For what, you know, he's speaking from a, from a position of weakness. He's speaking from a position of trouble. He's speaking uh, uh, from a position of, of oppression. He's, he's got folks that are coming after him. But what he's saying is, is that regardless of all of that, because I've got a God that I can trust, and I've got a God who is righteous, then I'm really strong. I really can have confidence. I was immediately uh, reminded, God reminded me of, of uh, over in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul gets a thorn in the flesh. And, and he, just, he, he just simply says this, For when I am weak, then am I strong. Well, not physically strong, that's for sure. But understand, when you go through problems and you go through troubles, your God is always there. He said he never would leave you. He never would forsake you. He'll hold you up in his hand. Down in verse 19, says, Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high, who has done great things. O God, who is like unto thee? I, I, I love that question. Who's like you? Nobody. You know, uh, we've got a song we sing in our songbook. Uh, where could I go but to the Lord? Uh, where are you going to find the righteousness that you find in Jesus Christ? Where are you going to find the joy that you can find in Jesus Christ? Where are you going to find the strength that you can find in Jesus Christ? Where are you going to find the confidence that you can find in Jesus Christ? Nowhere. <laughs> Who can you go to? There's nobody like our God. And we, we need to spend time consciously thinking about the fact that, listen, I, we serve a wonderful God. And one of the reasons why he's so wonderful is, is he is righteous. He never makes a wrong decision. We may, not, we may not understand why that particular thing entered our life or why a particular thing happened. Uh, we may not understand those things, but it's good to know that in the background, there is a righteous God who determines what's allowed and what is not allowed. I, you know, one of the reasons why I so greatly love the book of Job is because the, 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 the main part of the book tells you what happens in Job's life. But in chapters, I think it's one and I think two as well, um, you get a glimpse of what's going on behind the scenes. You know, I, I have seen over the years, I've seen uh, behind the scenes documentaries, whether it be, be behind the scenes of a company or behind the scenes of, of a film or behind the scenes of a decision that was, that was a monumental one that was made. Well, in the book of Job, you get a glimpse of what's going on behind the scene. And, and uh, behind the scene, God is, is talking to Satan and, and he's saying, Hast thou considered my, my servant Job? 
Now, what a compliment. What a compliment to Job. You know what he's saying? He's saying, uh, hey, have you seen this Job guy down there? He loves me. Hey, have you seen this Job guy down there? He trusts me. Hey, have you seen this Job guy down there? No matter what would come into, into his life, he's still going to love me. He's still going to trust me. He's still going to serve me. He's saying that to Satan. He's taunting him. He's poking at him, you know, type of thing. He's just kind of poking at him. What a, what, you know, you say, well, what a, what a, a wonderful compliment to Job. No, you know what, really what it is? It's a compliment to Job's God because he had such ultimate trust in his God no matter what happened. That's why he could say, when everything was taken from him, he could, he could say, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know what, the, you know what he was saying when he said that? He was saying, listen, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But blessed be the name of the Lord because my God is righteous. And he can't ever do anything wrong. So this has to be right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. My God is never wrong because he's righteous. And then the, the third thing. Is, it, is, is God's response. Look down in verses uh, 20 and 21. It says, it says, Thou which hast showed me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Now, he hasn't seen that deliverance yet, but he's saying, this is what's going to happen. God's going to deliver me. Verse 21, Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Now, uh, he, he's stating the fact that God has shown, has shown him great and sore troubles. He says, he's, he's allowed me to go through some great, great, terrible things, some sore things. But he says, he's, he's going to quicken me and he's going to bring me up from them. He knows how God's going to respond. Uh, verse 21 it says, thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Now, he hasn't seen it yet, but he knows it's coming. Why? Because he knows how God responds to his children. And he, he's got that confidence. And he says, listen, he says, uh, uh, you're going to increase my greatness. You know, troubles are used to do two things, to increase our greatness and increase our comfort. Increase our greatness. Give us wisdom. To get, he knew that God was going to give him virtue and patience. He was going to give him some hope. He was going to give him some experience. There was some character that was going to be developed. But he also knew that it was going to cause him to even more so trust his God because his God would get him through. And then the, the, not only greatness would increase, but comfort. Uh, you know, the situations of greatest trouble... Have, have also been situations that have, have been of greatest comfort. You think about times since you've been saved, particularly, when your heart's been dashed. I was reminded, just in talking about some things this last week with some folks, uh, I was reminded of times when my heart's been dashed. 
And uh, when it felt like the rug was pulled out from underneath me and there was nothing there to support me. And yet every single time, I mean without fail, uh, maybe not in my timing, but definitely in God's timing, God, God brought comfort. He either did it directly or he did it indirectly. But I can look back over my shoulder and I can see time after time after time after time after. In fact, there's not a time when God did not deliver comfort to me when I needed it. There's not a time. Now again, he might not have done it in the timing that I thought, but, I, but I'm not right, he is. And he's always right. And he's, he's always on time. So, so his response is always right. His, his uh, resources are strong. His, his uh, uh, response is always right. And his righteousness is always there. And it's always clear and plain. Uh, what, what should our response be having a God like that? Look down in verses 22 through 24. It says, I will also praise thee with the psaltery. Even thy truth, O my God, unto thee will I sing with a harp, O thou Holy One of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul which thou hast redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt. There's three things that he says in those verses that that will be his response, ought to be our response. Verse 22, he says, I'll praise and I'll sing. You know, do you often have a song on your lips? You say, preacher, you don't understand. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Well, you know what? Uh, God doesn't care. (laughs) You ought to have a song in your lips. You ought to have a song in your heart. And there ought to be continual praise. Not only that, but when you, when you have a God you can trust, you'll greatly rejoice. And that'll be twofold. It'll not only be in your speech, but it'll also be in your heart. You know, I, I, I understand there are rough weeks. I understand there are rough days. I understand that there are, are difficult times. But can I tell you, a Christian always has, always, always has something and someone to rejoice about because you have got a good God you've got a God who can who you can trust um, and, and then then last of all verse 24 talk of thy righteousness uh, my responsibility is to speak of him and to speak of how good God has been and how righteous God has been and and a person that, that trust God will do all three of these things. They'll, they'll praise and sing, they'll greatly rejoice in speech and soul, and they'll talk of God's righteousness all day long. Let me ask you a question. Does that describe you? Did I just describe you? You praise and sing throughout the day. You're joyous throughout the day. You know, I'm tired of running into some of these, these Christians and say, well, you know, preacher, that's just not my personality. Listen, don't blame your personality for your lack of joy. <laughs> your, your lack of joy is not a personality problem. It's a heart problem. A Christian ought 
to be joy. And if you're trusting him, you will be. Listen, I, I've come in contact since I've pastored this church with a bunch of folks. Some of them are still here, some of them are not. But folks that have gone through all kinds of things. And I can, I, I, in fact, I'm thinking of one right now. I hardly ever hear a negative thing come out of that person's mouth. And yet they've been through trial after trial and difficulty after difficulty. You know what I know about that person? Man, they implicitly trust God. They're a joy to be around. Does that describe you? You praise, you sing, you greatly rejoice in speech and, and in your soul. And you talk of his righteousness. Do you really Im implicitly trust God? Verse 1, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. It starts by trusting him for salvation, trusting him to, to save you because you can't save yourself. It starts by throwing yourself at the mercy of God and saying, listen, I'm a sinner. I'm on my way to hell. The only way I can go to heaven is by putting all my faith and trust in your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Lord, save me. But it certainly does not stop there. That trust that, that began with salvation ought to continually grow. And it will be evident in your, in, your, in your demeanor. It'll be evident in your speech, and it'll certainly be evident by the state of your heart. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I am so thankful this morning that I serve a God whom I can implicitly trust. I'm thankful, God, that I serve a God who is full of resources. You have, you have strength beyond measure. Nothing throws you for a loop. And God, I can trust in you and I can come to you and I can plead with you. Lord, uh, you are always righteous. I maybe don't understand some things that you either do in my life or allow to happen in the lives of others. But Lord, uh, one thing that I can always go back to and remind myself of is that you're always right because you are righteous. And then last of all, Lord, whenever we call out to you, you always respond properly. You're always there for us. And again, you've promised to never leave us, never forsake us. Lord, I pray that you'd, you'd speak to our hearts and, and that if there's an area, Lord, where uh, someone's not trusting you like they should, or maybe there's just, you know, one of the things that, Lord, I, I, notice, I notice it in my own life. Uh, the more grumbling that comes out of the lips, the less trust there is in the heart. But Father, you know, you know what the needs are. Speak to hearts. Maybe there's someone within the sound of my voice, whether it be here in the sanctuary or online today, who does not know Christ as Savior. They're not certain that their sins are all forgiven and that they, they stand in your righteousness before you. 
Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they would trust you as Savior. God, please have your will, have your way in this invitation. And please speak to our hearts. And as you do, may we respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.